Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. This is the 10th of our Strategic Insights series of short podcasts where Caroline draws on her wide corporate, not-for-profit, exec, non-exec and coaching experience. And today she's going to look at fear and how we can manage this at times destructive emotion. Thanks, Darren. I've named this particular podcast after an idea from Susan David, who wrote, amongst other things, the book Emotional Agility. In this book, she recommends a way to deal with fear, which I think can be very useful. She also talks about the benefits of negativity, for want of a better word, and how we cannot be happy all the time, which I'll come back to on another occasion. But first of all, let's consider fear. One might think that there's little place for fear in many of our lives. Most of the audience of this podcast will have enough to eat, a job, a home, and a war will not be imminent on the horizon. However, we of course all have our own deep-seated fears about not being liked, about not being successful, about not making our family proud, or even about failing publicly. There are infinite possibilities. One fear I'd like to home in on is that of losing our job or having to leave our current employee. In 2000, I was working for Best Foods and Unilever took us over in the biggest so-called merger in the industry to date. People didn't know their futures, especially on the Best Foods side, and information was not forthcoming. Later, when Unilever started to shed its own people, as the strategy of the merger and achieving Best Foods margins failed, no surprise really, as the strategy was to ignore the Best Foods efficiencies that it was bought for and apply Unilever ways of working to everything. I observed that people clung desperately to the organisation. They really did not want to leave. My take over time was that people were, of course, afraid of change, but the fear was almost a fear of fear, if that makes any sense. It manifested itself in internal sensations associated with anxiety. So, in effect, people became afraid of facing the sensation of fear. In any case, many people left the only company they'd ever known in cases for decades. And in every instance I heard about, they came to realise over the time that it was the best thing they had ever done. They still loved their Unilever experience, but they gained new and different experiences and were in effect released from this kind of strange power of the intangible. A company does not love or hate you. It's simply formed of a number of human beings who come and go. Enjoy your time there, but don't become its slave, nor be fearful of separation at some point. What I would add in terms of personal observations is this. When you're afraid, you don't perform at your best. You don't make the best decisions, just as you don't when you're in a panic. Remember times when results are not great and everyone's running around like headless chickens and decision-making is just not happening or is poor if it does take place? I've undergone a number of trainings for situations in hostile territories whilst at Save the Children International and the British Council. It's a fact that a surge in adrenaline prevents us from hearing and seeing as well as under normal circumstances. I've seen grown men and women tearing across a field marked minefield, with people shouting them, stop, it's a minefield, in their determination to get to a crash jeep with wounded they needed to help. Fortunately, just a simulation, but it demonstrated well the point. So be aware, fear in itself is often the enemy, rather than the thing you're afraid of. So how do we deal with it? One coach of mine, Janet Jones, suggested examining it, looking at it, facing it and exploring it from all sides rather than running away from it. Susan David, who I mentioned earlier, recommends formulating your deepest fear as just words. 
by describing the fear in the third person, you can gradually let it go. An example might be, Caroline is afraid no one really likes her. The idea is to repeat those words, play around with them a bit, say them backwards, etc., until they become just words. Both of these approaches, which have the effect of normalising the fear, have been shown to help. So why not try them out if there's something you're afraid of? Holding to your values can again help. When feeling afraid, think about what you truly value, and before taking any action born of fear, which you might regret, ground yourself with your values. They'll hold you fast and prevent you from doing something counterproductive. And try to be objective, seeing yourself as if from the outside or a distance as a third party, and visualise yourself as courageous. I'll come back to both objectivity and visualisation in later podcasts. Say to yourself, they're in this situation, they are courageous, what are they going to do? Be curious about the unknown. Think about times when change has occurred and it's been for the better. And see a company for what it is, a concept rather than a human, a series of experiences where the emotions are all yours. It doesn't have feelings. And something you can be grateful for and have learned from, but that won't miss you when you go. It's the people who will, and you have the possibility to keep in touch with them as long as you want. Thanks once again, Caroline. Next week, you're going to talk about one of your favourite models, which focuses on motivational states and can help you move from a state of fear into one where you're comfortable, creative and inspired. Looking forward to that. Till then, goodbye from us and thank you for listening. Listening. 